Are you ready? Can't the New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next summer. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Burn, very passionate. Burn, Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Don't What's up? Welcome to another edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my good friend, the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas. His name is Michael Lagaris, everybody. What up, Jet fans? Mike, we're coming in on the heels of the first preseason game. Our boy Sam Lagood. We're going to get into the game, break it down real quick. Do you have any nuggets? Do you have any takeaways? Do you feel good? Are you as happy as all other Jet fans that Sam Darno went out there and actually looked like he could be the golden child, Mike? Am I, I don't mean to speak for you or put words in your mouth, but how do you feel, Mike? Let me tell you something. As happy as I am, I'm not as happy as you because you know what? That was the first game, preseason game, that the New York Jets had a shutout at home and you were there live to see it. History. Oh, wow. That's the first preseason shutout. I didn't even not even know that. At home. They've they done it on the road, but they never did it at home. Interesting tidbit. Of course, I mean, that's a bizarre stat, but I'm happy I was there for that. And more importantly, Sam looked good. The quarterbacks looked good. Some other parts of the game, Mike, we're going to get into. Um, some of the good parts, some of the bad parts. I was excited with the team walking out of there. Very happy. Good vibe. But let's get into something that happened on the practice field this week. Before we get into the game, which you're going to break down to a fine powder. If you've never heard Michael Garris bust out his stats and break down a game, everybody, strap yourselves in. Get the popcorn out, because he's going to school you with knowledge. Prior to us doing that, Michael, let's get into this little tussle that took place. At the Jets' Redskin scrimmage, I hear that our boy Tremaine Johnson, our prized free agent signing, who's getting a boatload of money, very yeah. quiet, very humble, tremendous lockdown corner. He got a little late hit after a play, a scuffle broke out, few different fights. Mike, what are your sideline reporters and your underlings you have telling you about the fight? There are two massive brawls that happened, man. Just like you said, Tremaine got hit, they started scuffling, and it got so bad that it spilled over into the into the fans. And they had to cut the cops involved and everything, and then it happened again, and it was only with the Jet defense and the Redskin offense. So it wasn't on the same field that Darnold and the offense was on. It was on the on the farther field. So no, none of, it's crazy because none of the beat writers had any video that they were able to take, but a lot of the fans did, and they had yeah, it on their iPhones. And it was just, just brawls, man. And the thing is, like you heard uh, Josh Norman, he was like, when you got athletes and competitors like us and you put us on the field and we're part of different teams, it's bound to happen. I saw some of the fan videos and one of my thoughts in my mind was, where is Sam Darno located? Yeah. I don't want him anywhere near this. He, we have to protect him. Like we have to protect him. Like he's the president. Just seek offensive linemen and just secret service around him. If you come too close, I'm sorry. We will put you down. Yeah. And that's the first thing I thought. Second thing I thought was some of the Jets were throwing some very. Now we have to get in. I know they're professional football players. I don't like the very feminine punches from over the top, jumping, hitting helmets. Yeah. I want better form. Plant your feet, turn an angle, twist the hips on that next time, guys. Come on. What are we Come doing? 
You never want to see fighting in practices, Mike. I know Bowles wasn't happy about the fight. He wasn't. He was not happy about it at all. He addressed the team after. And, you know, and that's understandable. He doesn't want his players getting into any scuffles or getting injured or fined or anything like that right before the season. We have enough injured people right now as it is. That's true. That's true. We have Terrell Pryor right now still nursing the ankle injury. So we'll see when he comes back. He's not going to play versus the Redskins, Mike. I think Malden, too, has a hamstring. Some guys that not necessarily... Not necessarily my guys we're going to be counting on this year, but you'd hope that they can get back on the field as soon as possible. They could just have a role. I know our left tackle position, we got an injury too, so we want to see some guys get healthy soon so we're 100% before we go into uh, maybe the third or fourth preseason game here. Yeah, a little birdie told me that Malden will be cut in the coming days. He's not even there. He's not even over there in, uh, in Virginia. And I'm gonna th- I'm just gonna throw this warning at everyone because, you know, I'll tell you what, everyone, Mike is a very holy, humble man, but Adam Schefter, Mike's coming for you. Because he has people on the sidelines. He has people in every camp. You don't even know what this guy is up to. The type of information he comes at all of you with. That's why you got to listen to the AEBG podcast. It's the only place you'll get this information blasted to you on a weekly basis. Now, so Mike, also another little tidbit to get to. An interview Jamal Adams had. Some comments that he made in regards to the culture of the Jet locker room last year. And what he walked into and what he perceived as maybe a negative culture, not a winning, which which is who, who are any of us to, to disagree with him considering the record they've had in some of the recent history. What is your take on this situation? It seems like Todd Bowles went out and corrected Jamal Adams for him and said that's not what he meant and this and that. You seemed a little hot during the week when we talked about it, Mike. I want to know, how do you feel now? Have you cooled down? How do you feel about it, Mike? Let the world... I'm not cool. Let me, Keith, let me just tell you what Jamal said specifically. He said, everybody was used to losing. You can always tell that vibe. I came in and it was like everybody wanted to do the bare minimum. They didn't want to go above and beyond. They didn't want to take the extra step. They didn't want to be uncomfortable. To be great, you have to be uncomfortable. You have to be willing to sacrifice and willing to do the little things. This team and organization was not doing those things. End quote. Mike's Todd Bowles. Personation begins now. And Bowles replied saying Jamal is a very young player. And he's a very smart player. And he speaks from his heart, Bowles said. We talked about it. He didn't mean a lot of things that came out wrong. When you give everything and demand people to to be like you, everyone is not like you. Some people learn differently, some people don't. It's part of being a young player. He'll learn over time things to say and what really means and what he really means and what to say. We dealt with it. We moved on. Mr. Todd Bowles, if if I could, have you ever heard of the term? Uh, same old Jets. Have you ever heard of that term? The reason why people like to use that term is because when our franchise always sinks to the depths that they usually do, like the butt fumble, there's always one thing that is very common, and that's just the way the team plays, how it performs. And a leader like Jamal Adams, the type of knowledge and wisdom and 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 pride that this young man has coming from LSU. ABG apologizes for the forthcoming technical difficulties. Mike's passion simply overloaded the microphone circuitry. We will return to normal levels in a moment. Thank you for your patience. Seeing guys like Mo Wilkerson, Darrell Revis, called a spade a spade. And that's the exact type of people we want in our organization so that it changes from the bottom up. And then you get this coach, our coach, saying, oh, well, he didn't really mean what he said. He said exactly what's going on. The team and organization wasn't doing the little things. That's what we want our leaders to say. And there's nobody on this team that he's speaking to directly. He's speaking to the old way the Jets were. The same old Jets. We're not the same old Jets. 
did play like a Jet, Rex Ryan termed that phrase because he wanted to be proud to be a Jet. And that's what Jamal Adams is trying to display. Now that you've knocked out Bubba Gump unconscious, let's revive him and bring everyone back. Uh, Mike said what he had to say. I cannot agree with you more about what you said and the stance that I guess Mike Bowles might have taken that as a personal shot at himself the culture he's created in that locker room and that might be the reason he said what he said and he's a young player that's not what he meant and this and that Jamal Adams last year remember he had that time when he said I would die on the field and then he kind of clarified that too so maybe he's trying to say oh well he misspoke that's not exactly what he meant I think his point was pretty clear is that you know, there's a winning culture in certain locker rooms. There's a winning attitude. It doesn't then mean you win every game, but you go out there every single week with the thought process in your head that we're going to win. I agree. He was defending himself. And you know what? Let him be the leader that he is. I know he didn't play with Revis and Marshall and stuff, but he was talking to the way the team uh, currently was constituted and its mindset. And I really appreciate that. And I want our new young leaders to be that way and set the example. Because you know what? He puts a target on his back. He better perform. And he said this is the last pro bowl that i'm gonna miss and i like that take that i'm gonna tell everybody there's nothing so far that i've seen with jamal adams that i don't like i mean you hear you hear him interviewed he's articulate he's smart he's somebody that you can get behind easy to root for knows what he's doing on the field he's a good tackler um the goals he sets for himself and the ways he's going about him and he wants to be the best safety of all time i mean god the people that achieve those type of things mike the people that become the best ever at something they want to be that you don't right. just become they're not someone that's like oh you know i'm okay i'm not gonna work no they're working hard every day they're working harder than everybody else and they're already really good that's why right. that's how you become the best man you got to have that type of mentality so i totally support it and speaking of future players for our team that are hopefully going to carry us on their back let's get into the falcons versus jets preseason game my boy sam darno the situation uh kind of got heavy on cue me. some new music right there That's the preseason Jets music right there, guys. And let's talk about it, Mike. 17 nothing. Sam Darnold looked great. Prior to him, Bridgewater looked good as well. McCown was one for one. The quarterbacks themselves, the entire day, only had six incompletions. That's pretty good. It was... Un oh, man. I'm, I can't tell you how excited I was to watch this game, Keith. Let me share you sh a few little nuggets with you. So, we all know uh, the most impressive parts of Darnold's game through the first two weeks really has been his accuracy on the move. Yeah. The ball comes out quicker than what we thought. Uh, he has that feel for pressure and he keeps his eyes downfield and he's great in the red zone. Uh, he's been the best quarterback we've had in the red zone. So the game notes, he was 13 for 18 for 96 yards and a touchdown. Now, statistics are a little bit misleading because what he did so well is he played within the scheme that, um, that uh, our offensive coordinator, uh, Jeremy Bates, set up. A couple of throws there that were really really impressive the touchdown pass throws a touchdown pass to charles johnson they called charles johnson for holding which was just so bogus yeah, it was, was it offensive pass interference or they hit him with it, a holding i wasn't sure yo, i'm sorry i'm sorry it was offensive pass interference not holding yeah, and i was there and during this drive during the second drive now obviously mike when sam darnold came out i was texting you the whole time because i was nervous we're talking to one another completely concentrated on the situation and people are <laughs> trying to talk to me at the game and I basically turned everyone around me off and was zoned in on number 14, Mike. And I, I, when you're at home, you sometimes get a bad advantage point. But at the game, you can see the rifle. Mike, there's a stat you had. You were mentioning to me because, I, like, like I said to everybody, not only is Mike the Adam Schefter of the Back Channel podcast world, he also has the stats and he has interns digging up every little tidbit of Jets statistics that are out there. The stat, Mike, you showed me the averages of all of the best quarterbacks when it comes to snap, 
to release time when they get rid of the ball. Snap to when they get rid of the ball. And can you tell everybody what those averages are? And then can you tell everybody what Sam Darnold's average was? So for reference, Tom Brady's average snap to release. So this is right when they take the snap and then they throw the ball to uh, a receiver or a quarter or a uh, running back. So Tom Brady averages about 2.71 seconds last year. Drew Brees is about 2.59 on average. Alex Smith, 2.67. And Matt Ryan had a 2.72. Again, this is snap to release. Through 18 attempts uh, in this last game, Sam Darnold averaged 2.28 from seconds from snap to release. Now, did everybody hear that? Just in case they didn't hear it, Mike, hit him again with it. He averaged, he averaged 2.28 seconds from snap to release. And here's... here, here, and, here. Oh, but hold on, everyone. Mike, not to interrupt you. He did that in his first ever NFL game. He did. Just, just for context for everybody, his first passes has ever happened in the NFL in the history of him playing football. That's his average. Please continue, Mike. And and the only passes that were near or close to a three-second mark in the first half were in uh, Darnold's progression, where both resulted in middle-to-deep-length completions. In the second half, the two three-plus-second throws were on long play-action bootleg passes. One of those, remember, in the fourth quarter, when he was just handing the ball off, and then they just a play-action sneak. What? Ran outside and left. Oh, loved it. I saw that play. I just looked at it and marveled. I said, this kid. Oh, wow, this kid. <laughs> and everyone in, the, everyone in the stadium also marveled. There was a lot of happy vibes. A lot of the Jet beat writers and the banter afterwards was very positive as well for the Jets and for Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Darnold had some an interesting observation, which I thought was... I never heard anybody say this. He said re, he reads coverages better in the pros than in college because of the hash marks. The positioning of the hash marks in the pros is different from the way uh, they are in college, and it's easier for him to scan defenses. thought that was pretty interesting for him to say. When it comes to the Jack A. Mike, Darnell was 13 for 18, 90, uh, 96 yards, touchdowns. Bridgewater was 7 for 8, 85 yards, um, touchdown. McCann yeah. for one. Trenton Cannon looked good, Mike. Yeah, the rest of the team. So we had 20 players that didn't play the preseason opener. Pryor, Peak, McGuire, May, Rawls, Burris, Clark, Rogers, Nickerson, Miles, Bass, Malden, Pierre-Louis, um, and Anunua, Beecham, Leggett, Herndon, and Simon. So uh, the outline, uh, outside linebackers played well against the run. Yep. Uh, one and twos, they only gave up one first down. The Jet defense was absolutely incredible. Neil Sterling had four catches, 48 yards. Walford had two for 27. Great the defense too, Mike. Uh, Falcons, they're on 15 different third downs. They're five for 15 on third downs. They did really good. Our boy And our boy Foley... Fatukasi had a sack in this game as well. Five hits on the quarterback, three sacks. Last year, they were almost last in sacks. That's pretty good for us. Yeah, man. He, he did. Pennell and Donahue all had sacks. Uh, Thanos was with the first team. He had pressure on the QB, had a crazy hit uh, um, in, in that game. So he's looking good. He looks like he belongs. Um, and if other, can I just tell you, Mike, we actually have, I don't know if you know this, um, we actually have, because I was at the game, like, you know, I was on the field. I actually got a little piece of audio from um, the Canadian Thanos after the game, and here it is right here. This does put a smile on my face. 
nice to hear what he has to say. So please continue. What else do we have going on with the defense, Mike? Do we have anything else in the game that was a highlight for you? You know, there was a point that I wanted to say uh, the rookie wide receivers were nowhere to be found, which I thought was interesting. Charles Johnson and Trey McBride were getting a lot of the burn in the receiving core. The Cannon, again, who we talked about, looked good. 11 carries for 40 yards. He had two fumbles on punt returns. So I don't think he's going to be doing punt returns. And I think that performance there solidified Andre Roberts being on the team. Copeland and Jenkins started on defense. Hewitt, Neville Hewitt, had a phenomenal night. Eight tackles. He was all over the field. You saw him in the second team, third team. He was just great, great, great. Our kicker, Santos, what's up with this dude? He's not even kicking. So Leg soreness? You heard about this? Yeah, no, I know. But I think more than likely, just because just from prior experience and prior success, he's probably still going to get the gig. It's nice to see, Mike, They, you know, they had the backup in there. This dude, he's knocking field goals through extra points through. Didn't have any mistakes out there. Special teams wasn't really great, but he kicked the ball good. Uh, obviously, yeah, fumbling the yeah. ball. Fumbling the ball two times for Cannon, not, not a good look. Might have been a little nervous. First preseason game in the NFL. You're returning punts. Uh, but he did when he got, a couple times out of the backfield though he did look good a couple runs Mike where he got stopped right around the line of scrimmage but he caught a couple passes out of the backfield he had some good runs I thought Cannon pretty much solidified his spot as that number three running back mostly because who else is going to come up and even get the spot on him these next three games that's such a great point not absolutely right and he did look good he had some yak he got hit and kept kept move keeping keeping it moving. He looked good. I, I really did like what I saw from Cannon besides the two fumble punt returns. And then uh, uh, Middleton, Brooks, and Wilcox were uh, for this on the safeties taking over for May because he didn't play. Uh, and it was overall it was a great great game. I thought you know seventeen nothing. I thought that Derek Jones. I wanted to see a little bit more out of Derek Jones. I know Robinson got the start over him. Maybe they're trying to just see what what's up with him. But uh, and then Quali started at left tackle for the injured. Beecham over Ajalana, and by the way, Ajalana is hurt now. Is there any practicing. update on the injury with Beecham, uh, the left tackle spot? I know last week we talked about it, said it was week to week. Is there any have any progress, Mike? Is he moving forward? Because I mean, this is something that we need to get figured out as soon as possible. It's week to week, man. It's week to week, and you know what? That really has an impact on how I feel about you know potentially starting a rookie week one for our team so mike speaking of which what are you thinking coming i mean we've, there's been one preseason game and now we do have a tendency especially this time in our in our culture mike people do have the microwave culture that way and we do get ahead of ourselves we do want think things immediately are great or they're immediately the worst thing of all time but all these practices he's been in we heard great things he went to the first preseason game sam darno for a rookie in his first preseason game i should say he looked great what is your feelings do you think that getting presumptuous is that silly to say mike where do you fall after this preseason game? <sighs> so, through the practices this week, Darnold's been getting mostly all the first-team reps, including today. And um, it was funny, Josh Norman had a comment today. He said, this little kid does not make mistakes. He's really accurate. You get rookies in here and they try to mess with them and bait them a little bit, and he's not having it. He's crazy to see for such an early age. He's really impressed me. Wow. That's from Josh Norman. Had, had some good praise that's for you. Josh Norman. Josh Norman is not known for flattering comments for anybody on the other team. Absolutely not. Yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't do that. So that praise from him was uh, was pretty eye opening. Um, how I feel, I feel that right now he's definitely the best red zone quarterback all camp. I think that 
he's going to have growing pains. But the reason why I would veer from not starting him is because of our offensive line. So there's three check marks to me that you need to, to check before you can start. To me, you have to command the room. So he's got to be a leader of men. He's got to walk in there and he's got to command the respect Absolutely. of his, his players, number one. Number two, he has to understand all of the schemes that he's playing, completely internalize the playbook and immerse himself in understanding how to execute the X and O's, which from all accounts he's doing. And the last thing is, is he protected? And I can talk about David Carr. I can talk about um, a few other young quarterbacks that came in and they had no protection and they just got the jitters because they were just getting blasted left and right. And the starters are going to be going up against the best defense lines you know, out there, right? Everybody's first team in, in the pros. This isn't going to be preseason. It isn't practice. He's going to get killed if he doesn't have the correct protection. So right now I'm thinking, you know, start McCown or Bridgewater, you know, let them, let, let's get that O-line, you know, a little bit more solid and then maybe bring Darnold in, you know, mid-season or, you know, where we know that we think we can have have him protected. And that's the reason why I'm thinking. I'm, I, I know he's good enough to start, but it's just the protection that I'm worried about. All right, and that's a valid point. And a lot of the other quarterbacks that came in and got beat up, but David Carr is a really good example. He was one, I think he's one of the most sacked quarterbacks of all time. 77 times his yeah. first rookie. And, that, and they, <laughs> they did not have a good offensive line. I don't think he ever would have been as good as what Darno's projected to be. He was drafted. Obviously, well, it drafted just as high, so... But I'll say this, Mike. When you've been waiting as long as the Jets have been waiting... Now, besides Joe Namath, who they drafted number one in the AFL draft a long time ago, as we know. Um, besides that, Sam Darnold is the highest we've ever selected a quarterback in, in the last 40 years. When someone is 21 years old, and they're already showing you that they're on par with McCown when they go on the field, or they're on par with Bridgewater. I'm saying the coaches. Now, I'm not saying that I know this to be a fact. I've only seen one preseason game, Mike. I'm saying if we get to the end of the preseason, and he's as good as those guys, and he's only 21, then there's no reason not to throw him out there and get him going, considering, I mean, you mentioned a stat to me a few weeks ago where you said what his rating was and his efficiency was in college with pressure. Um, There's a blitz or something of that nature. And he was better than... A lot of these quarterbacks that have been drafted and come out and played right away, like Watson, a lot of these guys, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as them. Those situations in college, when you're pressured and the heat is on, those are the most NFL-like situations. And in those situations in college, you know, he's succeeded. If yeah. he continues to do that through these preseason games and you don't see him regress or be confused and he goes out there with the ones, say, in the third game of the season, uh, third game of the preseason versus the Giants, and he plays well, and the offensive line is just adequate then I, I don't see any reason I, I could hold him back. You know, that that's a great point, Keith. And you know what I'll say is this. He's going to get the start on Thursday night in front of the world against the Redskins on ESPN. Let's see how he does against the first team defense for Washington Redskins. We know they're not going to, this isn't the first game, but let's see how he does with his, the line that we have. Hopefully, be, listen, if Beecham is back, I'm, I'm 100% on board. Um, it's just I'm thinking if Beecham's out. But... That you made a good point. You made a good point. The guy has proven that even under pressure, he's able to execute. And as we noted before, the guy has a quick snap to release time faster than most of the other quarterbacks, even though it was just 18 snaps. Um, it shows you that he can make quick decisions. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're doing they're playing through the West Coast offense that Coach Bates has instilled. Okay. The situation. Uh... 
kind of got heavy on Redskins him. coming up. We got Sam's going to get the start. See uh, how, the, how the team progresses with him with the ones. I'm excited. I said last week we went over a bunch of matchups we're looking for in the Falcon game. Is there any specific matchups, one-on-one battles, defense against offense? What do you got, Mike? I want to see more burn out of Nathan Shepard and Henry Anderson. I'd like to see them get to the quarterback uh, uh, a lot more. I also would like to see uh, Blau Powell used more as a all-purpose back, not just catching screen passes, but actually using him because we may need to use a lot of him. The fact that we're banged up there at running back. So it'd be good to see how we can execute there. Uh, it's unfortunate that we're not going to have Terrell Pryor. He, as he said today, he has a broken, he had a broken ankle yeah. and he's still, yeah. you know, nursing that or whatever. And Bulls got mad that he talked about the injury, whatever. So uh, Robbie Anderson, I'd like to see him have some, uh, some rapport with uh, young Sam. I know Sam Darnold loved, let me tell you, he, this kid loves his tight ends. Today, he was 5-6 for six against the first-team defense on the Redskins and went all the way down and scored a touchdown. And uh, he hit, I believe, um, Clive Walford for a touchdown. Nice. Leggett's, pra- Leggett's practicing again, by the way, and he's uh, he's been catching some good balls at camp. Uh, so I'd like to see you know how Sam utilizes the tight ends. On defense, it's going to be interesting to see the outside linebackers and inside linebackers. Look, if Darren Lee does not step it up this year, he's one one of the main guys that I'm looking for to take a very big leap this year. Yeah, I've been waiting, <laughs> because I've, we've been waiting for him to take a leap. I mean, last year was only a second year, but he, he's really, really fast, and he does make some great plays sometimes, Mike, just with his speed alone. But I've been, we've been waiting to see if he is going to be elite or not because we did take him in the first round, and yep. you know, he, he's someone like a lot of the linebackers that we have right now. We don't really have anybody that's a standout that you would necessarily say you know is going to be our best guy, but. Uh, there's a lot of guys in this game that will get a chance to prove themselves for sure. Yeah, and um, look, Keith, I was just telling you in the last game, Neville Hewitt was everywhere. This kid keeps continuing to not show that he can be a leader on the team. There's other players that may have to come up and take his place. And it's unfortunate. You know, uh, I think Avery Williamson, we're good with him at middle linebacker. We're still trying to figure out if Josh Martin is going to be the outside linebacker. So the linebacker situation, I'm very interested to see that. Well, besides a, besides a middle linebacker, the other spots are kind of hashing themselves out. I mean, Lee is obviously going to play and he's going to start. But if he doesn't if he doesn't have a good camp and he's not showing anything the first five, six games of the year, and you have a guy barking at his heels, Mike, that's better than him, it doesn't make a difference whether the guy gets drafted. You're on the bench. That's right. So, um, so yeah, that's really what I'm looking to see. Uh, defense. Defensive penalties were very good uh, to see that we didn't really have that many with Atlanta and not too many during practices. So I would like to also continue to see um, that trend where we're not getting uh, penalties on defense. And um, just looking for a clean game. And I, I hope so. I'm all eyes on Sam, buddy. And oh, and Teddy. And I'm sorry. And I would also like to see Teddy go ahead and showcase his skills so we can get that second round pick. That's what I was going to say. Uh, what I was going to get to, my, kind of my main thing I'm looking for in this game, Mike, second preseason game of the year. Obviously, we're going to be looking at Sam Darno with, that, with the ones, but Teddy Bridgewater too, if he continues to play good, looks crisp, his leg looks like it's okay, maybe he takes a hit, he gets up, he's fine so everyone can see that. I think that can only help him and maybe get us, I mean, if you, like I said, if they, if, if they can get a second round pick for Teddy Bridgewater or even a third round pick and you basically signed him for nothing and got a pick, that's a great move by uh, Mikey Mack. You got to say that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another great podcast in the books for the AEBG team. On behalf of my broadcast partner, Michael Agaris, everyone, my name is Keith Farrell. We'll get at you next week. Peace out. Are you ready?
can't win. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. They're very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Y'all feel sucks. I want a number leaver.